0: Doing it live on a Tuesday night, Bo Bishop, Johnny Ginter, this is the 11 Dubcast, presented by the Dragon Store at 11warriors.com, and we begin today with college baseball, and how about this, (laughs) for the second time in three years, uh, we are regional bound, and um, I'll tell you, there's I mean this absolutely sincerely. When people ask me what my favorite favorite thing to do in the South was, the natural inclination would say, be to say uh, that when I was in the South, the most fun I had was Saturdays covering college football. And there's some truth to that, uh, that, that that probably was the correct answer. But I don't know if I got more enjoyment out of anything than covering the Florida State baseball team. And the reason for that is, is that this is the time of year where there usually isn't a whole lot going on. On a college campus, usually isn't a whole lot in terms of the big sports, the ones that get a lot of people's attention. And so, when you covered Florida State baseball in Miami or Clemson or North Carolina or somebody like that was in town, it meant about nine thousand people would be at a baseball game watching a watching you know two of the top fifteen teams in the country. And it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, and it was a, it was a boatload of fun. And it kind of got you through. And in those days, college baseball in the South could start in January, so Florida State had played seventy games. They play 70, 80 games, and yeah. oftentimes it'd have 30 games in before the northern teams played any. So that, that they had an incredible advantage, let alone the geographical advantage of that the kids down there get to play baseball year round, as opposed to up here, where you know you fight the weather for so much of the spring. I told you that story so I could tell you this story. If there's anything about Ohio State that I wish was better consistently and perhaps a power, it's baseball. Oh, yeah. there's good baseball in the state of Ohio. Maybe not as good as there is in the South, naturally. But if if somehow, I mean, if Notre Dame's done it, uh, Oregon State's done it, there's other schools that have done it, um, I would love to see if it's possible for Ohio State to become a baseball power.
1: I, I mean, you would think that the way, you know, the Ohio State Athletic Department is saying, like, we need every sport to be you know successful and great that that would you know that would kind of logically follow that Ohio State baseball would end up becoming one of those like okay it's going to be competitive it's going to be in the tournament and all that kind of stuff I just love baseball in general I love the idea of like Ohio State baseball being great because I love Ohio State but I just like baseball so much because of the attitude around it uh, the mentality of the game which is in my opinion super different from pretty much every other sport because it's such a weird like there's so many different things that you have to think about and and skills you have to master and all that kind of stuff and it's like did you see I, I guess the example what I'm trying to do you see about this this kid from LSU this like Todd Peterson or I think his name was something like that about he was a pitcher did you see about that I didn't see this no okay this this perfectly encapsulates what I love about baseball in general so uh he was um he was pitching he was i think he was in relief for lsu i think they were playing texas a&m or something like that and they uh <laughs> so he was a relief pitcher and he he was coming up in the batting order in the the uh, in the uh, top of the inning or something like that cuz he was pitching well and they were, it was like the 12th or something like that and they were running out of pitchers and he told his uh his coach that you know he hit a lot in high school, and he was pretty good at it. Just keep me in the yeah. lineup, coach, because I'm I'm hot right now. I'm getting guys out. Just keep me in there. And yeah. he gets in, and he ropes a double, and he knocks in a couple runs, and it, that those are the two runs that end up winning the game. And sure. so after the game, they're having this press conference, and they're like, so a, a, a reporter asks him point blank and says, "When was the last time you had an at bat in a competitive baseball game?" <laughs> and this kid's like. Uh well you know maybe high school <laughs> and then he just kind of <laughs> drops the facade he, he turns to his coach, he's sitting like two guy like there's another yeah. player between him. He's like, Coach, I'm sorry, I lied to you. I I just took some BP in high school, like I haven't actually had at bat. Uh that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, I was hitting nukes that's in that beautiful. bat though. <laughs> and that's and that's what that's baseball cool. is. Like baseball yeah. is just it's it's a great sport because, first of all, it's all predicated on failure. Like, if you think about it, baseball is just entirely about failure, failing more times than yeah. you succeed. And then it's those times that you don't fail and you just take a risk on something. Like, you swing on a crappy pitch or you decide to throw inside on a dude that you know can, like, hit it really far. Like, that kind of stuff is what I think makes baseball really cool. And if people appreciate that, and I think Ohio State fans in general, people of Ohio, fans of Ohio State sports in general, I think if they – they like that kind of stuff, I think they can get behind a successful Ohio state baseball team. So I want to see more of that um, on campus. Cause I think it's a great scene and it's just, it's a lot of fun, especially college baseball, which is great. It's,
0: it really is fantastic at the highest level. Greg bills done a good job as a coach been there since 2011. This is his second team that has reached the NCAA tournament. Um, so there's some excitement there and, and let's see now if you, if something can be built on it, I, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know what would prohibit Ohio state from being really good at college baseball. I I don't, I would feel like there's enough talent in the area, um, that they could do it. I think the next step would obviously be some sort of, I don't know if they have this or not. They didn't when I was there, but some sort of indoor practice facility would be a must. Maybe they play at the Woody. Uh, I don't know if, if not call less and less Westerns, he can give you a stadium or something to play indoors (laughs) on. Um, but there's, there's, you know listen it, it would be fun and it it would be something that i think could get a, a lot of attention and fan base and alumni support i've seen it at the high levels of it and it's it's a lot of fun it's pure joy is what it is and it's it's something that it's cool to have you know like when you know like i mentioned it when i was covering fsu and you know georgia tech would come to town and mark tisher is playing first base and I mean, it's just cool. I mean, that type of stuff happened all the time in the South, and it would it could happen here as well. And, and you you know, a big weekend series with a team coming in, Michigan, you know, Indiana, somebody like that coming in, and maybe have some sustained success. I don't know if they can or not. This is a brutal draw. They're in the East Carolina Regional. They play South Carolina in the first round. South Carolina is obviously a baseball power. right? Um, so this will be a, a very tough road to hoe. And usually the difference between the Northern teams and the Southern teams is monstrous. It's just incredibly, it's a giant gap. It's Grand canyon <laughs> gap between the Southern and Northern teams. I will say, though, that the one of the last teams I covered, and this speaks to how the Northern teams can do it, uh, one of the last teams I covered at Florida State was the number one overall national seed, and they were upset at home in Tallahassee in the Super Regional by, by Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. came down there and beat him. so it can be done Oregon's won national championships playing out west their climate's not that much different than ours it's not that um you know it's not that accustomed to having great baseball in Oregon I mean they get they get winter like we do so there's there's a chance there for maybe something could grow speaking of traditional baseball powers um one of the traditional baseball powers is LSU and our good buddy Joe Burrow has landed in Baton Rouge and we know this because I believe it was his dad tweeted out a photo of he and JT Barrett at some sort of a sports bar in Baton Rouge, probably having fried alligator, which is beautiful. Um, this this brought great joy to me. I don't know why, Johnny, I have such a disproportionate um, love of, not love, that's too strong, but I do have an affinity for Joe Burrow, and I, I find myself just very, very happy for him. And I know that he's got this is going to be a real uphill battle at LSU and they don't play good offense. And I just have such respect for the choice. And it brought it really it warmed me to see he and JT Barrett, JT coming up from New Orleans. Obviously, he's with Saints at OTAs. Um, it, it warmed me a great deal to see them hooking up in Baton Rouge together. Maybe it speaks to how close that room was um, that, that Joe would that JT would do that. That's a you little know, bit of drive from New Orleans to
1: Baton Rouge. Yeah, but even going back, I mean, years, I mean, I I think even with Cardell and all that, like, this is, you know, this is a group of guys that have been together for a really long time, and I think they're a good group of guys. I think that there's not a whole lot of ego there, so I wouldn't, you know, I'm not shocked at all to see them, you know, supporting each other and whatnot. I think it's awesome, and... The great thing about this, I mean, let's say Joe Burrow goes on and does kick enormous amounts of ass at LSU. That really just reflects pretty well in Ohio State, right? Like, that makes Ohio State, like, hey, this guy couldn't crack the starting lineup, but he's going down there and just destroying the SEC. Like, that helps Ohio State, too. So I don't think that – I think whatever he does and however Ohio State, you know, guys want to support him, I think they should because it just makes, you know, the Buckeyes look better.
0: Yeah, he's he. – I'm an LSU fan.
1: Like, I'll watch. I am this year anyway. I've always had
0: kind of a – I've always kind of had an appreciation tree in the ability to party. I love the idea that that their Saturdays are – they try to play night games so everybody can get all lubed up and properly lubed up before the game, eat, drink, have a good time. Um, So I love the idea of it. It's an incredible campus, incredible stadium um and the fact that kind of have always had trouble with Alabama I'd love to see him get over it. I'd love Joe to be able to be the guy that does it so it brought me a great deal of uh it brought me some happiness to see those two together in Baton Rouge and uh, I was talking to Lauren Itis about this on our show today and I talked about we were talking about the quarterback room but now that's such a small room and those guys have been together for so long yeah as you mentioned you know I mean they have you know Joe's team for 43 years you know, I mean, they've been in the same – how much time? He spent more time with JT Barrett than he has his own family in the last three years. So um, <laughs> yeah. it does make sense, and I just think it's cool. It maybe speaks to J, to JT's leadership that everybody got along so well that they all kind of have each – really do have each other's back because there's plenty of quarterback rooms that don't. The fact that – it speaks a lot to JT Barrett's character, as, as you mentioned with Cardell. The fact that that could be managed and that they could be buddies is pretty remarkable and that he could then pass that through to – to Joe and to Dwayne and eventually maybe to Tate, but I mean that's a maybe to a lesser degree Tate, but I mean just because of his age, that's pretty impressive. That and yeah. it maybe I mean, speaks it's, to JT Barrett's leadership,
1: right? Maybe the management of their actual football skills and and their abilities was not managed well, but their personality. Sure. I mean that. Those guys, I think, worked really hard at making sure that there was a lot of harmony there, that there wasn't some kind of like, you know, behind the scenes drama, depending right. on who's going to pick who. And, and of course, people had their favorites and all stuff like that. But because of the quality of those guys, I think that really helped out the team overall. And uh, you're still seeing that, which is great.
0: It is. All right. Uh, coming up next, we'll be joined by the Hall of Famer, one of my all time favorites, 1212, Scooney Penn will join the program next and a little bit later on. We will do ask us anything. Before we do that, though, we would like to encourage you to go to the dry goods store at 11warriors.com. All sorts of stuff. Shirts, hats, stickers, and more, barware, everything you need. It's at drygoods.11Warriors.com. It's with great pleasure we bring in one of our one of my all time favorites when it comes to Ohio State Athletics. He is one two one two. He is Scooney Penn. He's the Hall of Fame point guard and now coach on the Ohio State basketball team as well. Scoon, thanks for taking the time, buddy. I you know, just take me through year one on the bench, buddy. I mean, I, I just—I oh. know this is something that was always it was always something that was a no brainer to me. Um, mm-hmm. I was so pleased when I saw that it happened. And then to have the type of year that you had, what type of roller coaster was this for you? Um, it was it was a good roller coaster.
2: I mean, I think we overachieved. I think everyone uh, who watched us play realized that um, we didn't know what to expect. Uh, we was we was expecting the worst and it turned out that we almost won a Big Ten championship. But um, just being on staff and, and, and being with Coach Holtman and the rest of the staff, you know, I learned so much from the inside this year, you know, so many good times, good moments, and uh, just looking to build on it this upcoming season because I really enjoyed it. I mean, as much as I, I love playing, like, this was the closest that I've experienced to a rush of basketball actually not playing was was being able to watch the the day-to-day work to try to, get better to become a good team, to compete night in, night out. And we did just that. So with our guys, we were happy with them at the end of the season. Uh we made a tournament run. Um but it was fun. It was it was all that I thought it would be and then some. So I'm enjoying it and just looking forward to more.
0: Well let let's let's follow up with that because that I know how competitive you are. And I remember when you first got back from your long, very successful playing career in Europe, that you were trying to you, – you, there was a search for you of finding something that gave you that juice. And you mm-hmm. never stopped playing. You played pickup all mm-hmm. the time. I mean, little Dom was a little dude at that time. You're gym rat. You're in there with him working, and it's paying off, obviously, yeah. with him. Um, but I was curious if this would be something that would fill the – I mean, nothing's playing, right? I mean, nothing's playing. Um, but exactly. you said that this was close. So mm-hmm. what was it about this – um that that kinda gave you that juice of a player. Well one thing that I love as a player, I love the preparation.
2: You know, I, I love the, the practicing, you know, getting ready, you know, for a game, the game plan. Um, you know, that's the thing you miss most. You miss the locker room, uh you know, everyone might think, Oh, you miss the the cheering. I mean you love miss you love and you miss the game, but me as a player I love everything that led up to it. You know, and then have the result of a win. Um what you've been working on to see it come out and, and perform well w- was great. So I got a taste of that this year with, you know, being in a coach's meeting and trying to decide how we're going to guard certain people. if We're going to play zone or man, you know, how are we going to get our matchups together, putting that together, putting in practice and then game time, watching execution and, and having wins. like just watching that development of our team guys get better throughout the season. They're, that's as close as I'm ever going to get again, because I'm not going to get any younger. <laughs> so I'm not going to be able to get out there and play, but you know, just watching that process and the maturity, the the maturity of our guys, and just just what they gave us this season was, it was a blessing to watch, and uh, and it just makes you hungry for more. It really does.
1: So you were talking about like you know what you've learned and what the teams learned. What what do you think is the biggest lesson to take away from uh, from the past season? That
2: uh, that, regardless of what anyone says or predicts, you as the work that you put in, um, you know, if you put in the right kind of work, then you will have good results. And not only as players, but also as a coaching staff and as a program. And I felt this year we had all of those things click- clicking. So when the new coaching staff came, it was kind of late. But guys bought in quickly. Uh, I think we worked hard on the court, off the court, and we put it together. So the lesson that you do learn is that you know, if things are possible, especially when you're dealing with 18 and 22 year olds. because you can get them to buy in to what you're selling, and they put that work in, then then the sky's the limit.
0: What I think is one of the most amazing things, Scoon, that happened this year was, um, you know, the buy in and not, not believing all that. It, you know, Holtman's ability to get kids who he knew for five, six months, you know, mm-hmm. to buy in completely to what he was selling. And not just mm-hmm. him, but, I mean, the whole staff, you, all you guys, assistant coaches, everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did you get kids he hardly knew to have that type of buy-in almost right away? I mean, it's well, almost like these guys were dying to be coached.
2: Well, well, yes, but I have to give a lot of that credit to our older guys. You know, Jay Sean, okay. Kate, and Kata Bates, those guys were our leaders. And then you had Ken Williams and then Andrew Dockage. Mm-hmm. You know, with those guys being older, more experienced, they led from the front. JT, Tata came to work every day, played hard, practiced hard. And so the younger guys and everyone else had to buy in. But when you have your best players in your program working the hardest, giving all they have, it's easy for everyone else to follow suit. And that's what we experienced. And that's why it's easy for guys to buy in because our two most important players, they did, so everyone else followed.
1: So going into the off season, what I mean, you lose a lot of that, you know, upper class and all that leadership. Uh how do you replace that? What, how do guys step up? What do they have to do to to make sure that that happens?
2: Well, they got to put the work in, you know, spring, summer and be ready. Um they have to, you know, go off of what they learned last year, um the type of season we had, but also what our older guys did to put us in that situation and to get better, and it's going to be up to those guys to put the work in. Because you get better in the offseason, not during the season. This is the time. Um, you know, we're expecting things from, you know, Caleb and Andre Weston step up. You know, you have, they'll be in the second and third year, you know, young Musa Jallo, you know, Kyle Young, sophomore year. But then we have uh, Mike Apato be a junior, then some freshmen coming in. But it's going to be work. Those guys have to be dedicated to the gym, dedicated to their body and in, in our film study. Because if not, things will go bad really quick. So they have to buy in and put that work in.
0: Yeah, the good news for those guys is they saw the group before do it and they saw it pay dividends. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's something that mm-hmm. rubs off. And, and and that that's when you have a culture, right, Scoon? I mean, that's when you have a culture. Exactly. Where the, where whoever's next, the next guy, here we go. Thad did an incredible job of creating that culture for the – vast portion of his tenure and now you guys seem like you're ready to take it and roll so it, it brings great pleasure i know to all of us to follow buckeye basketball what happened this year and, and certainly your part in that role you were of course coaching though before the season as you coached in the basketball tournament last summer mm-hmm. and i mean i thought you were gonna bring home a chipper and a little cash sure. right like everybody gets a little <laughs> juice out of that one you get a little man we little so well. that would buddy what'd you get you guys get in uh, the semis
2: yeah, we lost in the semis in an in overtime game that we That's basically right. blew in regulation. Lighty missed a layup, but they called a three-point foul That's on right. Aaron Kraft. Jobbed. It was just like, oh, you my God, we had it right there. But, you know, it happened. And no, uh, no you play this game long enough. Yeah. Hey, no you, Deeps you, in that you game. play this No, deep played. He he wasn't even was hurt, right? He played. Yeah, he, he was, was banged, a little banged up, banged. but he played. He sucked it up, and he played, uh, which was tough for him. But, you know, you know, he's an ultimate warrior, so he's going to go out and give it all he has. But um yeah we're looking forward to it. you know we have a good group of guys coming back um, a lot of fun but you know we're we're not back here just to play games we're coming back to win it you know we have our core guys of Lighty Diebler Buford Kraft. you know Sully will probably play uh, we added Taylor Battle the point guard from Penn State um, he's okay. going to play with us we need to back up the Craft B J Mullins is going to play this year it's another wow. body and he's in excellent in excellent shape he had a great year this year in the G League he actually has some NBA teams that he has to work out for. Uh, so we, we, we've done some changes to our roster, but, but we're ready to go. We'll start practicing after the fourth and, uh, you know, put it together.
0: Yeah, Dude, that's where was where was
2: BJ? BJ this year was um, I can't remember the team, but he was in the G League this year. He was, yeah. He okay. was in the G League. He played well. Okay. He had a really okay. good
0: season. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's good to see. Local kid, you know.
2: Good to see. Yeah, another another Buckeye.
1: That's that's a stacked roster too. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what's so cool about. That's what I really loved about the the tournament, the basketball tournament, was just being able to see all those guys play together again, and 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 to see that kind of coalesce. Because you know, as a fan, like especially college sports, like it's you got a couple years and then it's done. But then you have something like this, kind of brings it back. And I know a lot of people are really excited for it. Um, yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah, but it's the fact that you. we're playing also we're playing
2: in Columbus. We're playing a Columbus in the first two right. rounds. That really helps, you know. Right. Well, be in Columbus,
0: now, so that helps. Gonna is gonna be running his mouth. That his is gonna take you. Out. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, gonna deal he, with this.
2: He wouldn't dare say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, hope we, I I would love to match it with those guys because um, I think we would we would give them some serious business. Um, imagine, and and I love those guys. I love JT and and Cam uh, and Dockage. but just picture this here. Pitcher Dockage trying to be point guard and bring the ball up against Aaron Kraft. Enough said. We can change the subject. Let's go. Are
0: you going gonna, you gonna to be chirping a little bit, if I know you? A little Chirping? chirping and oh, I mean, you that already happen. know
2: how it goes. Yeah, oh, man. It I, I'll be chirping. Our whole team will be chirping. I have Evan Turner next to me. He probably chirped the loudest.
1: Oh, my God. That's awesome. But
2: you know we would. That's oh, my God. Can, he uh, be like, can, I,
1: can Evan Turner be, like, mic'd up or something like that? Like, can someone just follow around with a microphone? Well,
2: well. Well, I was mic'd up last year, and Evan was next to me a lot. So I had to cover it up, and I had to whisper in his ear a lot. Evan is one guy that I don't think national television wants mic'd up, to be honest with you. ESPN did not want that that, at all. It was hard enough for me to be next to him mic'd up. So imagine if he's mic'd up. So I don't know if that can happen. If it happens, we have to let him know ahead of time and really tame him Uh, because Evan does get heavily involved, and he does say some stuff. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's great. Uh, Scooter, one thing I know that you love as much, uh, maybe not as much, but pretty close to your love of Ohio State basketball and Ohio State athletics in general is your love of the Boston Celtics. And this has been a great yeah. year for the Celtics. Uh, young kids, no Kyrie, no Gordon Hayward, they've overcome everything. I mean, the best players can't buy a drink legally in, on the south end, you know. I mean, like, that's 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 mm-hmm. the situation there with Jason Tatum who's going to be great by the way and how about the Sixers and, and Lakers and yeah we'll pass you know we'll go another direction and Danny Age pokes uh, Jason Tatum out of the clear boost guy but they ran into a freight train and I, I just yeah. as someone I know you love the Celtics but I know you also appreciate greatness and LeBron played this blew my mind I couldn't wrap my, my, my head around it. Scoon. he played 94 of 96 minutes in the two closeout games he mm-hmm. had 46, 11, and 9 in Game 6, including the two big threes that iced it in the fourth quarter. And then he had 35, 15, and 9 in Game 7. Um, he shot 40% from three, 52% from the field for the series. He averaged 34 points, nine and nine boards, nine and a half assists, or maybe the other way, nine and a half rebounds, nine assists. He's in his 15th year, Scoon. He's played 50,000 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. I just... I don't think we have anything to compare this to. And I'm a student of the game, man. And I don't like saying any. I'm mm-hmm. not here to have a conversation. One guy's better than the next. But this is uncharted waters. I, I don't have anything to compare yeah. his great. No, we
2: don't. We really don't. And, and you know, again, I, we're not going to compare him to anyone. But he he's at an era. He's playing at a time where technology is at a whole nother level. And to his credit, he's taken that and used it to his advantage more than anyone. He's invested in it. He's invested in his body. And and, and it's the reason why. I mean, he's built like a freight truck. Think about it. This man here has played, basically, his career injury-free. When have we ever seen a superstar on any level, on any level in any sport, I mean, on any sport, go injury-free, basically, their whole career, especially in their prime? We had Tom Brady. He, you know, got hurt early in the season and missed the whole season. You Mm had, uh, you know, Michael Jordan. Broken ankle, he missed the whole season. Like guys have right. gone through, you know, guys has gone through this, but he has not. Uh, but what he's done is, is unreal. Um, and you you can't sit back and and respect and appreciate this greatness. Like there is a serious problem with an individual that cannot, because what he is doing is unreal and it's fun to watch. You know, as much as a Celtics fan as I am, it's it's fun to watch the man. I want to see him go up against Golden State. I want to see him and Durant go at it. I think Golden State will win, but at the same time, I want to see two great players battle it out and see if if, if LeBron can knock off the Goliath once again. And if he does this time, and, and I'm a, I'm a Jordan guy, if he does or comes close, yeah. that whole yeah. debate might be over. He might end all debates. And I'll be the first one. I'll come on here and say, and I'll say it from the rooftops. But he might end that whole debate because he's very close yeah. to ending that debate right now. Yeah,
0: yeah it, he still
1: so much of his career left. He's only yeah, thirty three. Yeah. I mean, the book's not closed. You know, exactly, three more right. years crazy. at this level—that's crazy. That's how I feel about all this. Like, I'm—I'm I'm, like, I grew up. I, I wasn't a huge basketball fan when I was younger, but I watched every Jordan game that I possibly could, mm-hmm. and, and just watching him like hit shot after shot, and then just change his game up when he got a little bit older, and, and doing different things than he you know did in earlier earlier in his career. But then I just like LeBron, like. I think about this old like cartoon where it's like a like a, like a, an octopus like kind of just like taking over the world basically. And he mm-hmm. it, like when he's on his game, he is everywhere. Like he is in every yeah. single thing that's going on on the court, and it's just mind-boggling to watch. Like I don't know how a guy who has played the most minutes in the playoffs and the most minutes in the entire like NBA season out of everybody is still able to be that involved in every aspect of the game. That's what blows my mind. It's not just the fact that he's, he's special points. So he's doing everything. Like that's crazy. He's special. He's special. Oh, like I have one knock
2: on him this playoff series and most of the playoffs um his defense has not been stellar. But I understand. He has to take some I mean, he has to give something up. And, yeah, and yeah. unless you really understand the game and you're paying attention, paying attention to what's going on, a lot of times he was supposed to be the road, the man rotate rotating. He did not rotate. He did not help. Um, and it's okay. Yeah, they ended up winning. But I'm going to tell you this much. If he does that this series, then it'll look really, really bad because Golden State will make you pay. Um, but, I mean, if you're looking for something in his game to complain about, that might be it. And he doesn't do that all the time. He makes up for it for a rundown Lock shot that he gets every game, just about it seems like that.
0: Yeah. Scoon, one thing that's interesting about him is that obviously in Northeast Ohio, his, you know, he walks on water, although there's still some people who are bitter about the way he left. But what I was always stunned by was almost the unconditional love was in Columbus for LeBron, Mm -hmm. because even when Mm -hmm. he was with the Heat, still came back in scarlet and gray. And Thad Mm -hmm. always did a great job, and so did Er Trestle and Urban, certainly, of making that relationship very public and very known. Um, And I think Ohio State has benefited greatly off of the association with LeBron James. And I'm sure it's something you guys talk about in your program often.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And and, and we still uh, make sure we keep that line of communication there. Um, It's definitely there still. Um, As a program, we went up and watched Cleveland practice earlier in the season. Um, So Holtman's very – he's well aware of the power of LeBron. And you're right. Columbus embraces LeBron. You know, Columbus is maybe a little different than Cleveland because Columbus, I don't know if they cared as much as him leaving to go to Miami and coming back. It was all about LeBron. So if LeBron went to L.A., it wouldn't matter. So, and I think, you know, it'll be the same. These people here in Columbus love LeBron. It's not as much as the Cavs as it is LeBron James.
0: Yeah, they're fans of LeBron. That's the deal. Yeah, and he did a, mm-hmm. he did work he worked at that. That was to me it was interesting. But yeah. he went to his last the last uh, the first olive branch extended back to Ohio was through Ohio State. When he would show up yep. to football games, he'd show up to basketball games. I'll never forget, mm-hmm. you know, Ohio State playing Duke, number one and number two Ooh, in the country yeah. in hoops, and he sat courtside with D Wade. And people were like, "Well, what type of reception he was going to get?" And he got cheered. I mean, it was of course he got cheered. You know, he was sitting courtside at a Buckeye basketball game. Like, Of course, he's he was best player in exactly. the world.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So I I think that'll be interesting. Going, listen, buddy, I gotta. We, I know you got to run. We really appreciate your time. I love talking to you as always. Best to the family. Uh, thank thanks for your time on a Tuesday night, my friend. All right, guys, take care. You too. I'd like to remind you, don't forget to follow the 11 Dubcast on Twitter, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, last thing with the program, that means ask us anything. The floor is yours, my friend.
1: <laughs> well, you guys can ask us anything. Uh, just dubcast at 11warriors.com or hit us up on Twitter at 11dubcast. Uh, first one's an easy one. That's from a good friend, Alvin Lim. Uh, graders or Jennys? Jennys. Okay. <laughs> really Why? okay i actually i don't even
0: honestly i don't think i God. graders is 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 fine. I just don't even think it's close um i understand it's an exorbitant can i do i have to take the cost into it because nine bucks for a pint is crazy i right
1: I 100% agree with that and yes i would count the cost into that
0: okay but if if the cost is into it then it's a closer conversation but if it's just straight quality of ice cream yeah um i i just i don't know that i've ever. I don't know that there's ever th- been anything that I've had that comp- and she should pay me for this endorsement because this is a good one but I mean to me it's like as good as as Pappy Van Winkle bourbon as Jenny's ice cream I mean it's on that level like I just think second place is eighth I don't have anything that's close she has something called a brambleberry crisp that yeah. tastes like I mean it tastes like a uh, uh, like a huckle like a blackberry cust uh, it's crazy I can't even describe it she had one I had one the other day that my wife got that was like a um, caramel butter cake one. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, there's no. I no. Nah, it's too good. It's nine bucks. So I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? No one's buying that all the time. But I mean, if it's just <laughs> on taste alone, if the money's in, if if I had to take money part of it, it's a much closer conversation because it's probably five bucks more a pint,
1: four yeah. bucks more a pint.
0: I'd say probably five. Um, Grader's probably like four ninety nine for something, and Jenny's is nine ninety nine or whatever. So. If you take price into it, then that's different. But I'm not a huge ice cream consumer anyway. So when I have it, I do splurge. And
1: So no, jetties. no listeria uh, trepidation on your part or anything like that. That's no, I... destroying our endorsement, by the way, for me. Yeah.
0: That, well, your those are your words, not mine. I didn't bring <laughs> it.
1: Um. Well, well, that's the thing, though, because I'm about I'm out here about to about to pump up graders because I look. First of all, I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't I don't need a lot of ice cream in general. I can. I just got to have one of those pills if I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's not always foolproof. But I, I have a lot of attachment to graders, mostly because I grew up with it uh, growing up in the Cincinnati sure. area. And I was on I was on competitive swim teams since I was like – I started when I was like six years old. And we would go down to like Wyoming and Indian Hills and all these places around Cincinnati and Cincinnati. And uh, when we were doing away meets, we would always – we'd swim – Meet ends at like 830 and maybe nine o'clock sometimes. And after every away meet, we go to graders and we did that mm-hmm. every single. And I did that I don't, dozens of times a summer for, you know, my entire childhood. So I have a lot of attachment to graders. Um, I'm not saying Jenny's isn't good. Jenny's is legit. Like some of the stuff they have is just in, insane Um and almost worth the price. But uh it's <laughs> it's yeah, big price. It is. Yeah. And, but I, I have to say, but base, I,
0: can you base it just on the ice cream? Cause you, it sounds like you're doing an emotional attachment to graders, like just yeah. ice, cream to ice cream. If, if I'm, if I'm Part like, you're lactose intolerant. So that's tough.
1: <laughs> right. If I'm just being an adult, though, and I'm saying, all right, what is the highest quality ice cream? Then, then you're right. I think Jenny's is probably, it's probably up there. But if, if I'm talking about like ease of, purchase and just you know yeah. if you're just looking for a good i think graders is, is a pretty it's quality a, we're lucky we have two yeah i mean that's right I mean, that's these are both good. very good choices like you're not yeah you know, yeah you not do out well, here and
0: i like graders a lot yeah graders has a chalk it has a coffee uh a coffee they have a coffee flavored one that's really great they used to do this that's thing really good
1: We used to really piss off the people who work there. They used to do this thing down in the ones near Cincinnati. I don't know if they do them up here, Um, but they used to have like theme Sundays uh, based on the local radio stations. And okay. these, these were these unbelievably elaborate, complicated sundays that had, like, 15 different ingredients. And some of them you had to, like, torch part of it. And every kid on our, like, 40-member swim team would ask for one of them. And the <laughs> the people working there were to see us come in and just, like, you know, bat down the hatches because they did not want to deal with these <laughs> insane children asking for these unbelievably complicated yeah. ice cream orders. Uh, but they were so good. It was, it was incredible. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I don't think I think you I don't think you go wrong with either choice, but I, I think uh yeah, if I'm if I'm being objective, you know, I think you're right. I think Jenny's probably has the better overall ice cream. Yeah. Um all right, this one's this next one's from Brian. He wants to, this is just for you. Uh he has an upcoming business trip to Tallahassee planned. And apart wow. from walking around yeah, see, apart from walking around the FSU campus, uh he just wants to know if there's any local spots that he should check out, restaurants, watering holes, stuff like that.
0: This is the sad thing is that all of the places that I used to frequent, Tallahassee used to be this great little Southern town and then it, it really got corporate. Yeah. And so they have, you know how we have gateway at Ohio state or whatever. Oh like yeah, yeah. They have, they have one of those now that's on campus that didn't used to be mm-hmm. um, the spots. Let me think uh, if you can find a po boys, that, that would always be, there's a couple of them around town. That would always be a great, that's a great, kind of Tallahassee institution would be po' boys. Um, I mean, the legendary steakhouse was called the, uh the silver slipper and it, it's uh, it went out of <laughs> the slip. It went out of business. Um, so there, there's a lot of the places I'll tell you what, it, it's not, it's not, if you want to just like, I mean, he's a guy on a business trip. So this is a tough call, but I mean, if you just want to just like see the very best Florida has, Florida state has to offer head to like um head to, oh my gosh, what's the name? Is it pot bellies? I think it's Potbellies. It's right off of campus, um, any night of the week, and it's pretty much loaded up with the very best that Tallahassee, Tallahassee has to offer. There's the the amount of corporate. The reason I'm struggling with this is just because it's been corporate. It's so corporate. All yeah, of the they got rid
1: of all like the, the down nice home stuff. places have yeah, been wiped Pops. out.
0: Yeah, all the places I used to go. I mean, Paradise and AJ's Sports Bar, and all these places that I used to go to all the time. Um, I used to go to this place called Cafe Cabernet. All these things—they're all gone uh, because corporate come in and you know they blew these places out. So it's—I um, haven't been down there since 2000. I moved out in 2006, um, so it's been 12 years. And in those 12 years, basically, I, every time I talk to one of my buddies from down there, he goes, "Dude," I said, "Do you go here?" He goes, "No." Like all of them are gone. It's really very, very sad.
1: No, it makes no. I know what you're saying. It, it makes me sad I as feel. hell because I like it sucks. I, larry's was the the place for me man like i went to larry's yeah. on campus every week at least once or twice a week my senior year and, and during grad and i mean god bless outer in for for hanging on but larry's like became the sloppy donkey or some incredibly just yeah horrific brand name it's awful and um you know Ma, like mama's like i said mama's is hanging in there mama's pasta and brew is like my favorite place on the planet uh before dark um (laughs) but like you know like places like that i i'm just really afraid you know that that kind of gentrification that you're talking about is going to kick some of those places out and it sucks because like i said larry's was the jam man i love larry's and um yeah it's it's just not there anymore and and slowly that part of high street is just becoming you know high-end apartments and gateway type stuff and it's it's going to kick out a lot of the character of that area so it's yeah there's, there's
0: a place called andrews it's uh andrews capitol grill that's for like like the mover and shakers it's right near the the state capital you forget Tallahassee's state capital right um so, <laughs> you know you used to go there and have lunch and you'd run into one of jeb's kids or something like that when he was the governor there so i mean that that stuff but yeah mo- it's yeah, you know, sad a lot of the, it's just corporate Yeah, a lot of a lot of the down-home places are closed so it's i i wish i could do better for you
1: um all right. So this is uh this is from Josh. Josh wants to know if either of us collect Ohio State memorabilia and uh any like dream signatures or anything like that that we might want. I'm pretty sure I know what your answer to this is, but what, what do you what would you say about
0: that? <laughs> so the things that I have from Ohio State are stuff that were given to me by the people who signed them. Right. So um I have a I have a national championship football from 2015 uh an, an official game one that's signed I mean, by that's urban
1: incredible. that's that's great yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that was pretty good that that I got that and then I've got an Ohio State helmet that was signed when I used to host the Trestle show so it was signed by uh Tress Coop and Earl because I did it with Coop and Earl and then it was Trestle show right and then the other thing Archie I have an official Archie jersey like the with him signed that he gave yeah. me when I left yeah so I figured- those are the <laughs> Those are the things I have, but other, so I've never sought out any of them. That was just stuff that, you know, people had given me through various sure. associations and I, I, they're
1: all great. I mean, I, I love them all. Yeah, no, I, I figured you, you might have a couple, couple things that you were, you're proud of. I don't, I don't have uh oh, well, you know what? I take that back. I've got one thing I, I've talked about the pigskin round ball before where I got Earl Bruce's autograph and uh, Jim Trestle did that one year and I have his autograph from that as well. My dad got that for me because he was doing the, the AV stuff. But yeah. the only like I don't really collect anything. The only thing that I have held on to um was something my grandma gave me, which was a seven up bottle. It was like a commemorative seven up bottle. Or no, it was it was coke it was a coke can. It was a com- commemorative uh Ohio State two thousand two national championship coke can that I still have, nice. uh, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, like the, you know, I'll collect a lot of 11 warriors types. Like I've got my press passes when I went down as the, before we had beat writers and went down and I reported on a couple games and I was sat in the press box and I'd never done that before. And I was geeked out. So I have, I have my press passes from those games. Um, you know, tickets, stuff like that. I don't really, yeah, I just don't really collect stuff. I just like to hang on to things that are, that I just kind of accumulate, uh, from yeah. being, you know, in and around the program. But there, there aren't really things that I like seek out and, I'm not really a big autograph guy. Like it's not something that really, you know, right. I'd rather have a picture with something. Um, yeah. but I don't know, you know, maybe in the future, there'll be some of the things that pop up and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, all right, that's ask us anything thank you guys for sending those in we, we still have some questions like said we got we got we got a couple in reserve but keep sending those in because you know it is it is the off season and it, times are gonna get tough so please <laughs> things continue things <are laughs> continue sending those in uh dubcast at 11 warriors.com
0: all right we thank scooney pen for joining us this week on the program we'll be back next week for uh for more fun uh we'll talk to you next week my friend
1: yep talk to you next week